Always remember the art of good business is being a good middleman. Bye-bye. Hello and welcome to the OG Middleman Podcast. I am your host, OG, and I am still doing my oolong tea. It's giving me a lot of energy today, I have to say. I'm, I'm, I'm digging this m- much more over coffee. Coffee seems to wear off. Oolong seems to be lasting a long time. I'm interested to see how this affects my sleep. Um, got a special guest coming on later today. We're going to spend some time with an inventor, uh, actually a hairstylist. She actually cut my hair uh, in the past, and she created a neat little thing for bow dryers, and I was kind of involved with her when she first created it and was trying to bring it to market about four or five years ago, I, I think, and she did. She kind of got it out into the world and we're going to talk with her about uh, what it was like to to bring her product out there and some of the trials and tribulations, some of the mistakes, some of the successes. And maybe for some of you would-be inventors, uh, maybe the story's inspiring, maybe it's going to give you some ideas, I don't know. Uh, but I saw her post on uh, one of the social media things that she's going to be on um, one of the television shows, I think the Today Show, and they're going to show her product. So I think she's going to do very well. And it's a handy little gadget. We'll talk about that and with her in a little while. But first, I want to get to something really fun and funny that just happened. I just read it now. One of my favorite politicians, Marjorie Taylor Greene, I say that with a sarcastic smile on my face. Marjorie Taylor Greene made a video of her walking out onto the house floor through the elevator. I apologize for the sound in the background. I don't have like a real friggin' studio with, you know, all the things that you need. Um, I got a cool space. Don't get me wrong. It's just that there's other things that go on and other things. And it sounds like someone is on a chain gang back there right now trying to break out of uh, um, some shackles. Um, Marjorie Taylor Greene did this video, or one of her handlers did this video, and it was edited. You know, there was multiple camera shots and, you know, her trying to be cool or look cool and and be indifferent to the recording, whatever. Um, But she used one of Dr. Dre's songs, and it's a great song. It's a classic hip-hop song. I love hip-hop. That's my, my favorite genre of music. And she used Dr. Dre, Still Dre, as her theme music walking out onto the house floor. Wow. Um, I want to first just preface this in saying... I don't have a problem with the whole thing that she did. I mean, she was trying to show that she's a badass. And and there are some things about her that are kind of badass, in my opinion. This is just my opinion. I mean, I saw her working out. You know, she's trying to be anti-establishment. She wore cowboy boots out onto the house floor. I don't think I've ever seen that before from her. I don't know. Clearly, it was a thought-out look, um, but everyone is going for this really important vote for Speaker of the House, and I think everybody wants to appear as professional as they possibly can in this moment, Uh, but she said, you know what, I'm going to wear a red coat and some cowboy boots, and I'm going to be a badass because I think I'm a badass, and maybe she is. I mean, maybe she is. And she's going to make a little video of her coming out there. And she used a great song for it. The problem is the song doesn't, the person who made the song for sure doesn't follow this woman's 
political views. Not even close. And can you imagine, I mean, just can you imagine being Dr. Dre and you're out doing your thing and you're in the studio, whatever, and someone shows you this video. Dre, Dre, look at this. You're not going to believe this shit. He's, he's got a shit of brick right there. So needless to say, he sent off a cease and desist letter saying, please don't use my music because I don't believe in your political views. This, this just falls in line with everything that is wrong about her in this position, starting with how she got into the position in the first place. She became elected because her constituents and her little part of the world over there believed in some silly bullshit that was out there on the internet. You know, QAnon nonsense. And if if I wanted to be a politician and I lived in a certain area, I would want to know what everybody believes in. I would, you know, put my ear to the ground and say, okay, what's everybody following? What are they, what's their, their beliefs? And if their beliefs are one way and I really want to be that politician to represent them, I'm obviously going to tell them that I follow their beliefs. So in this particular case, crazy QAnon theories were prevalent in that area and she believed in it. She spoke about it in great detail and because of that, she won her seat. And now she is in our government involved in so many different important decisions. Clearly she overstepped the lines and they took her off a committee, which was great. Um, that won't happen now because we're no longer, Democrats are no longer in control of the House. So that will be harder now for the future so she can run batshit crazy again and, and get away with it. But now, now that she's in the seat, now she's walking back her beliefs. She's saying that she was sucked in to the QAnon theories. I'm wondering what all those people now who voted for her are thinking about her new decision to say these are wrong. And is she going out to those people and saying, your thinking is incorrect? Is she trying to correct the thinking of the voters and her constituents to change that? See, if she did that, if she said I was wrong, and then when she's out there going to get reelected, she says, listen, I did my research and our thinking is wrong on these topics. And I'm your elected official and I want to sit down with you and I want to make you think clear about these things. Too enthusiastic thumbs up for me. I'm all down for that. That's someone who made a mistake or misunderstood something and then corrected it. That is a leader. Leaders will recognize that they did something wrong and back it up and say, wait a minute, I made a mistake. You don't hear that too often. You don't hear politicians after a terrible decision like George Bush in sending our troops to Iraq in the search for weapons of mass destruction Right away, he should have came out and said it was a mistake. The intelligence I got was wrong. We shouldn't have done this and got the hell out of there and made some kind of reparations for, for that mistake because that mistake did a lot of damage. A lot of damage. Misinformation did a lot of damage. Lives were lost. I, I, we don't have to talk about all that. We're on... Marjorie Taylor Greene. Listen, she thinks she's a badass. She wants to be a badass. She wants to have that, that kind of, you know, 
personality and that's how she wants to fly. I'm down with it. I'm okay with all that. You just got to be a little smarter with your choices here and think things a little clearer. Think things through a little more, a little more preparation. You make the video, you look at the video, you hear the music, and you say, wait a minute, is Dre on my team? I don't think he's on my team, so we shouldn't use that. Can we find another song that maybe represents who we are over here so they resonate? But it wasn't about that. This was about becoming popular. This was about becoming popular. And let me tell you something, because I'm saying it here first. I'm saying it here first, because what she did yesterday on the House floor, not with the fucking boots and the, and the red coat and the song, that's one thing, making the video. But what she did with her phone when she put the phone with Donald Trump on it so he can listen in on the conversations, that told me something. And I've been saying this all along. Marjorie Taylor Greene desperately, desperately wants to be vice president. She wants to be on that ticket with Donald Trump, and she will do anything to get there. It's so clear to me how hard line she is with everything Donald Trump. It was kind of surprising that she wasn't on that Lorraine Boebert Gates, you know, team. That she didn't she didn't follow along with them because for the most part you could always see her. They, I mean, they they were on a fucking national tour. She's making bank. This woman's making bank. People are people are giving her money. A lot of money. And she's being asked to be guest speakers at places all over the country. And she's always with those two, those two other politicians. She, they're always kind of like those three people are always together. So she wasn't part of that, which made me thinking, hmm, why isn't she doing that? What's her agenda? Sorry about that. That was somebody just nailing a coffin. Now I think they're just they're going to be burying a body in the back here um, after they break free of their chains. Um, it's actually kind of cool what we got going on over here in, in this space. I'm going to have a full-on badass personal training gym down there. Um, it's already built, but we're just kind of adding more stuff to it. Um, but yeah, she wasn't with them, so I started to think, hmm, who's, obviously, who's, who's, the, who's the puppeteer here? And clearly it was Donald Trump, and he was telling her, this is how you're going to vote, and she followed his direction. Because she wants to be on that Trump ticket. She wants to be part of that. And this thing she did with the, the Dr. Dre song, just trying to pump up her image more. Dre may have, Dre may have already told her ceased and desist, but it's out there. It's out there. And whether you like it or not, She's getting noticed, just like Matt Gates is getting noticed for being in the last toolbox, tool in the toolbox to vote because he knew what he was doing. She just wants notoriety. And she's and this is gonna work for her. And she, who knows where this is this little, you know, disagreement's gonna go. She, I, she's gotta take it down, clearly. But I don't know what the rules are in, in using music. Everybody's been doing it. I mean, Trump used music. Every politician has, has grabbed uh, an uplifting song and used it without the permission of the artist. It's been happening for years. I don't understand we're not, we're, why we're not hearing more lawsuits about it. But Marjorie Taylor Greene and Donald Trump on the ticket. I, I, it's so fucking crazy to think about it. But that's what they 
subscribe to. They subscribe to that portion of the United States. So we know that there's 20 to 25% of the United States is QAnon theory you know, followers. And so you got those people following you unless they see that you walk back your QAnon theories, belief. Um, so you got that percentage and then you got another hardline followers of 10%, you know, you're right there at the 40 to 45%. And I don't know. It's a scary thought. It's a scary thought to think about those two running the country. But that might be what we're up against. I'm looking forward to this 2024 election. I really am. Uh, I have my my little personal favorite. Um, I've made it known that I want to see the governor of California run uh, for president. I know he made an announcement saying I'm not going to run, but I think that would be a mistake. Uh, I do not want to see Joe Biden become president again. Uh, not that I don't like him. Quite the contrary. I love the guy. I think he's great. I just think that he, he might be too old for the job. You know, I'm, this is not an ageist or an ageism kind of thing. It's just you can see it. We can, we can see things in our everyday lives when even our parents, as they start creeping into their 80s. Now, listen, I, I, I know a guy that's 70 years old that is in ridiculous shape. He ain't going nowhere physically. The exterior is telling me that he's going to be around for a while. What's happening on the interior we can't see? What's happening in the mind we can't see? It has to kind of come out. And if you watch Biden and, you know, some other older politicians, they just seem to be moving a little slower. They've got a lot of wisdom, a lot of wisdom. But I'm in the camp that we need um, youth to serve us and we need outside-the-box thinkers with a lot of energy and a lot of passion because it's not just about making decisions, but it's about uniting everyone. That's, that's my wish and has always been the wish um, in my heart is that there's got to be somebody that can unite everybody, that can cross, both, both, you know, cross the aisle into the other side and get people to follow and trust. Uh, and I think a younger person has a better shot at that, even though most of the politicians are older. So, and what's old anymore anyway? I'm, I consider myself old. I'm 57. Or am I 58? I think I'm 58. Um, but yeah, it's, I think politics and, and, and anything in life, I'm so, it's just, just the way it is, man. I'm not hating. It's just the way it is. It's just there. This is why, you know, I like to play poker. And you sit down at a poker play, a, um, a poker tournament, and po and poker is a game that requires stamina and a big brain because there's a lot of math that runs through the game of poker. And you got to be able to kind of think about all the numbers and younger minds think faster and sharper. And if you ever look at poker tournaments, you don't see too many old dudes rocking it anymore. I mean, there's still guys hanging around because they've got instinct. Uh, but the the younger guys, I mean, the athletes, I mean, and listen, we can go down the whole litany of everything. But maybe I'm wrong on, on this. You know, maybe we need in, in higher intelligence. And the only way to get that is through experience and wisdom. And and. Joe Biden brings that to the table. There's no question. Uh, but can he do it again for another four years? Does he want to do it again for another four years? Hmm, I don't know. But my guy is Newsom. And he made one mistake. He made one mistake. And that was having dinner in a restaurant during the pandemic when it was at its highest peak and he went out and he had dinner at a restaurant with his colleagues with no mask on and man did he get blown up for that 
outside of that, politics being politics, I like everything that he's done. I like his decision making. I love his passion for the job. Uh, I think he takes this very seriously. He's fearless. And my prediction is that we are going to see in in the presidential runoff, it's going to be DeSantis and Newsom running against one another. I've been saying that for a year now, and I believe that's where this goes. I believe DeSantis beats Trump. Trump dug himself a grave. I don't think he can get out of this. He's he's do, he's doing this now, what he's doing right now, for personal gain only. That's it. And to get Marjorie Taylor Greene on the ticket would be fantastic for his personal gain. Those two nut jobs running around um, doing speeches and rallies um, everywhere would just line their pockets. Okay, that was that was machine gun fire in the back of this uh, building right now. Um, and that was a shotgun. Um, it's good for them. They're, you know, whatever, you know, I don't, I don't hate on that, you know, that they found a way that they can make money. They... They, they did them, and that's what they're going to do. I think the Sanctus is going to come out of this because he's just a better representation of that side of the aisle. I think Newsom's certainly a good representation of the Democratic side of the aisle. And I think it'll be a an election for the ages because they both give great speeches. They both hold themselves well. Um, it's going to be really, really interesting to watch. So, all right. Um, that's my MTG spin for now. I'm sure there'll be more because she's a lightning rod for entertainment. That's for damn sure, which is what this all this shit is about, isn't it? Isn't it all about entertainment? Trump figured out a way to cross the line from entertainment to politics. He did. And people are eating it up just like me, but I'm smart enough not to vote for him. Uh, but I'll be right back um, with our special guest. Um, stand by. All right. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I would like to introduce you to my, I, I call, I'm calling everybody a special guest now. Um, but this is a, a friend of mine, actually. She used to cut my hair, uh, and I discovered that she's an inventor of sorts, and her name is Jennifer West. Say hi, Jennifer. Hi. <laughs> You're on the podcast with the OG middleman. Um, thank you for coming on. You're like my, literally my second interview. Cool. And, and Yeah, I did a doctor um, a couple weeks ago. He's like really into longevity. He's, he's uh -huh. like a, he's a, a genius about it. He just just absorbs all this information. So we, we did an hour with him. And you're my second person on my show, so thank you for doing it. Um, awesome. And yeah, um, Jennifer cut my hair for a long time. And, uh, and you know you know how it is. The It's like a bartender. A hairdresser's like a bartender, aren't they? Kind of, yeah, sometimes. I mean, everybody tells you all their stuff that's going on in their lives. And you do the same. Yes, it's uh, it. There, there's a lot of confidential going on. Yeah, and uh, and there's a lot of explore, exploration too, going on. You know, like you know, throwing things out there, and you know, just like, well, what do you think of this? You know, and it's fun. Right, and I know? think I think that's how we we discover. I discovered what you were doing, um, and just on a normal conversation between you know a client and and you um you told me you know a little bit about your life history and that you had this invention um uh -huh. and so what tell us what you invented um i invented a blow dryer holder that holds your blow dryer for you while you're drying your hair so you can use both hands where did that idea come from well, <clears throat> originally, uh, it came from, um, I lived with my grandmother um, on and off my whole life, uh, up until I was 30. And um, 
before I was 30, she had a stroke and wasn't able to dry her own hair. So I kind of came up with the concept as a way of her being able, <clears throat> sorry, to manage her own self-care. Um, she didn't want to rely on me, by the way. She did not want my help. So anyway, I just, I wanted to make it easy for her to blow dry her hair. So the, the, the term necessity is the mother of invention. Yes. Necessity and uh, ease. Make it easy. What did you use to make the very first model? I mean, you made one for your grandmother. What did you use? Did you just find like a bracket or something and attach it to the wall? What did you do? Um, no, the initial one was more of a, kind of a braced hanger. So it the the first one was made out of um, hangers, literally wire hangers. Do you have pictures of that? Um, I actually, uh, I I actually have one. <laughs> <laughs> don't do not throw that away because you don't know how big this product can be, and then you know you can end up on another talk show or somewhere, and you can say, "Here's the first one." Yeah, like when they're making the documentary. <laughs> right, yeah, the Jennifer West documentary. But, but yeah, I actually do. I, I have one of the very first ones, and, you know, it's so funny because it was so ugly <clears throat> in the wire that I actually took pink nail polish and painted it pink. So, I, and somehow through all the moves in my entire life, this thing has come with me every time. So yes, I still have one. So you, so you created it out of wire hangers, and uh -huh. it, and you thought, did it work? Did, did it? Did it? Did your grandmother it did. use it? It did. So, it absolutely worked. She used it. I used it. Um, when my girlfriends were over and we were getting ready to go out, we all used it. And um, yeah. Wow. And it worked and it made getting ready a thousand times easier, um, especially for me, especially because I have at the time I had really long and and I still have very, very thick curly hair. So instead of, you know, waiting the two and a half hours for it to air dry, um, I could just have it, you know, drying my hair while I was putting on my makeup and it, it total time saver and it just just made my hair come out phenomenal brilliant so, brilliant yeah it, it was good it was good 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 all the way around so through this experience of building the first model and everyone saying what a great idea and they all started using it you said i have an invention here so what did you do what did you do next how did you you know who did you reach out to first to say i want to make um you want, i want to engineer some plans who did you reach uh, out to um, I was referred, uh, trying to remember the order. It was so long ago. This has been such a long journey. Um, originally I was referred, oh, I'm sorry. No, I had a friend named Joe who was, uh, an artist and he started like drawing pictures uh, when I told him, I said, you know, I'd like to make this, but I don't think anyone's going to buy it looking like this. So can you draw, I'll describe it and you draw it. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, so we did that and then I got some drawings and I thought those drawings looked pretty good. And, um, and then I filed for a design patent. You did. Because yeah, because a design patent is, is fairly inexpensive. I think the design patent probably cost me maybe like $2,200. Mm -hmm. And um, and then later, like looking back, I look at it and I go, ugh, that's hideous because all the angles were off. And right. you know, obviously, I don't think it ever really would have worked. So, so every time um, you modified, did you have to file for a new patent? No. Okay. No. Um, that one was just kind of a, you, you got one shot, you file, that's what I got the patent on. Um, and it, that wasn't functional enough to be, um, 
mass made and distributed. Um, but it was enough to give me street credential. Street cred. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Yeah, street cred. So, you know, because when you walk around going, yeah, I'm a patent owner, you know, it doesn't matter what you patented. <laughs> it pretty much does, you know, kind of garner some attention. It's like, wow, you know, I'm kind of invested in this. Mm -hmm. So I took that patent and uh, teamed up with some engineers uh, to form an LLC uh, to try to create something that would be one consumer like um, aesthetically pleasing to the consumer was the first thing I wanted. Packaging. And two, it had, it had to be manufacturable. Mm -hmm. Because just because you make something and it works great and it looks good doesn't mean you're able to mass produce it because some parts are just not capable of being made for a bajillion different reasons. Right. Um, so, yeah. So with these guys, uh, we went and hired um, a designer out in San Francisco, and I went up there and sat with him and kind of explained what I had hoped to achieve, and he did it. He so you were you were happy with the first rendition that he designed? Said this is exactly what I'm what I wanted. It was exactly what I wanted. So then, so then you now you have the patent filed. You've got the plans and and everything the way you want this. And now it's just a matter of um, raising capital so you can start manufacturing this, right? And did you did you have it made in China or did you have it make it made here first? Well, the, originally the goal was never to be a manufacturer. I never wanted to become a manufacturer. You want you want wanted to sell you wanted to sell the patent and the idea. I wanted to license the patent okay. and I wanted to license the patent to Conair because Conair has always, always been, you know, to me, like that was the goal. They say shoot for the biggest, highest goal that you could possibly shoot for. And that was the goal I wanted. I agree. I think that was a very smart thing to do. Yeah, or, or attempt. Um, so you basically yeah. what you would create is like a package that comes with the blow dryer and the holder. Yeah, you know, they, they technically they could do whatever they wanted with it. All I knew is that every time I was in Target looking at, you know, 10 different Con Air blow dryers, I knew that my holder fit every single one of those dryers because those were the dryers that I had used throughout the years to, with my product. Mm -hmm. So I just thought it was, you know, a good thing. And and by the way, I just, on a side note, I just want to mention that Conair has been incredibly kind to me. So they've been, the they were responsive when you approached them about they the idea. Yes, they were always kind. So what and was their what, what was their feedback? I mean, what, when you approached them with the idea, they said you got something great, but we're not interested. Yeah. Basically, that's what they said, huh? Just like that. Yeah. So who was so so so? Here is your first roadblock. This is the first kind of you've got an idea. You you found your target that you want to introduce this to. Uh huh. And they say no. Yeah. Re rejection. Did that stop you? Uh, no, they actually said no several times. <laughs> <laughs> and they're still saying no to this, to, even today. And they're, and they're still saying no to this day, but every time they are so nice about it, it is, it is ridiculous how nice they are. So what you need to do, I know, I know your, your product is still going through a pseudo launch, believe it or not, after all this time. But I know, mm -hmm. I know it's you're, you've got some some airtime coming up on television shows soon, right? Uh, yes, I believe. Uh, I've kind of gone into a non-exclusive kind of semi-licensing deal with a company called uh, iBeauty, and mm -hmm. I believe they have something going with. And, and I'm not 100% sure on this. This was just like a 
quick conversation that we had had, but I think they were shooting to be on Good Morning America in March and in April. So one of those those parts of the show where they go beauty must haves and they walk yeah. through five six products and tell you you can buy this yeah. now for thirty nine ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. Brilliant. Yeah, heavily discounted. Yeah, and then in the past, I guess was it? I think it was during COVID. Um, bestie blow dryer holder me was featured on um, that show LA Unscripted on KTLA because they were like oh my gosh this is like the perfect pandemic tool mm -hmm. you know for all these women stuck at home that like now have to manage their hair routine and you know could use some help right because I was thinking you know if you You've kind of signed a, you know, signed some kind of licensing agreement with someone already, but what I like my idea. There's nothing signed on that. That okay. is that so, is just an agreement between me and and the owner. We're friends. So if you were able to kind of even get a foot in the door and be able to write a copy, um, to, to hand to one of the hosts that's going to show the product and do a little uh -huh. and do a little dig for Conair and say, "Hey Conair, what are you waiting for? This is a great product. This should be in your line." <laughs> you know what I mean? And make them feel guilt them a little bit into saying, "Wait, who is this person? How can we've never saw this product?" Uh -huh. How far did you take it up the ladder to Conair? I mean, people were saying no, and usually like the first person to say no is that's all they can say is no. You know, what I learned in sales cuz I've been a salesman all my life is you got to talk to the person who can say yes. Yeah, I had a Zoom meeting with Ron Diamond. He is the president of Conair. You got all the way to the president of Conair. I told you they've been incredibly gracious and kind. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That's good for you. Yeah, thank you. That's fantastic. And so he was yeah. nice, and and he just he just pleasantly said, mm, "Not right now." Well, it yeah, no, it, it definitely, it took some work, um, you know, getting there, but, um, you know, and actually I want to, if I, I just want to throw this out there for anyone who's listening, who, you know, has ever had an idea and wanted to, you know, kind of think about pursuing it or whatever. In the very, very beginning, it was recommended that I get a book by a company called InventRight. And I think I paid $400 for this book. I'm not exactly sure. Mm -hmm. But this book was literally the ABCs of how to develop and bring your product to market via licensing. Okay. And this was, I, I'm telling you, this was the most insightful, supportive book probably to this day that I've ever read. Is that the template that you use to bring your, try to get your product uh, licensed? A, a thousand percent. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was a thousand percent. What's the and book, what's the book called again? Event, Event Right? Um, the company's called Invent Right. I-N-V-E-N-T-R-I-G-H-T. Mm -hmm. And I actually, for the life of me, can't, can't even remember the name of the book, but it was so long ago, it came in a binder. Oh my with God. Two, with, with two CD ROMs. With two CD ROMs. Oh I man. Did you not? <laughs> that was like a and, rotary phone. Yes. And you know what? But it, it literally, and it, it, in it, it actually had three different, uh, in quotes, what they wanted you to say when you called people, when you called on companies, mm -hmm. they actually had like a little script and I used it. You did? <laughs> and I used it on Con Air all the time. It worked? <laughs> I just kept calling and calling and then, you know, and then they would shuffle me from one department and that would be maybe the wrong department. And then it would go to another department. And then I, I finally ended up in the legal department and the legal department was like, oh, um, you know, sure, you just need to sign this NDA. And I was like, okay, please send it over. I mm. mean, they, I, I, know, I think you're offering, this is a, a, a really, really great piece of advice 
for prospective inventors out there. Everybody has an idea of that of something that's going to be great. I do, um, and basically, you know what you invent. Bright said or invent right said is like, hey, listen, don't try to reinvent the wheel. Here's something that we know has worked in the past. Just follow this this map. Here's a roadmap of how to get to the person you want to do. If you follow it, this is a good. You have a good chance of succeeding, and you did. And you got to the president of Conair. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. All right. So Conair says no. Conair said no. Fuckers. So. Um, and then. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. Now I'm, I know. I know they're probably. You said they're very nice people. I'm only teasing. Um, but okay. so so Conair, you know, it's a, you stubbed your toe here. So you say, okay. Yeah. So now, what path am I going to go? What did you decide next? Uh, I went to Helena Troy, which was their competition. Mm-hmm. And Smart. I and I used the same method, and I was able to get to Art August, who was the vice president of Helen of Troy. And and again, very kind, very gracious. Um, you know, he listened to my pitch and. And he said, you know, I need proof of, he says, I like your idea. I do. Mm -hmm. I think that you got something there. He says, but I need proof of viability. Okay. So I agree with him. Uh-huh. And so, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase here, but essentially it was, you know, for me to go along and sell 20,000 units and then call him back. How many units are you at now? Uh, I think I'm pushing 30. Have you called him back? Unfortunately, um, I, tr I tried calling him back at 20, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, and he had retired. Oh, from, damn it. From I hate when that happens. Yeah, from Helena Troy. Right. And, uh, and I was devastated. And, and his whoever took his place or whoever I was speaking to on the phone that was telling me that news um, wasn't taking pitches for anything. This is like a, this, um, this is this is like a, a storyline from the movie Rudy. Have you ever seen the movie Rudy? Yeah, yeah. Where the coach totally the coach weird. retires and he was the coach was going to put him on the field that last season exactly. and the coach retires. <laughs> <laughs> You're like Rudy of of the beauty world. Totally Rudy. <laughs> that's that's funny. So anyway, so yeah, so Art, Art had, you know, basically retired. And I was so upset because I was like, you know, I became a manufacturer because of him. I'm losing you a little bit. You're fading a little bit. Are you uh, outside or something? Oh, no. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, I had become a manufacturer because of him. And, wow. And then, you know... I, to have him retire, and then even worse, you know, unfortunately, I heard that, you know, that later after that, he had passed away, and, and, and I was incredibly sad about that, because at some point, I at least wanted to have a conversation with him sure. and say, thank you so much for telling me that, mm -hmm. because I would not have done it otherwise. And, you know, because, by the way, getting set up as a manufacturer when you, I mean, I manufacture in China. Everybody's like, oh, did you go to China? I have never been to China. Interesting. By the way, I don't want to go to China. <laughs> ever. Okay. I have no desire. I it's think I think I agree away. with you. You just, you need to, that's something that you, um, you know, sub out to somebody else to do. Well, I just, no, I did it all through email and good luck, mm -hmm. you know, but I mean, it's just, it's far. I'm a homebody. I like to stay here. Um, but it's like, but I never would have done that, you know, but, but that man dangled that carrot in front of me. Right. <laughs> you do this and you know what? And I did, and I'm eternally grateful for that. And, and you know, it is sad for me that I was never able to be like, Hey, by the way, Thank you for one taking my call, two being kind. Mm -hmm. um, because I'll tell you, be kind. It 
it means so much to people, mm-hmm. especially people like me who are basically begging for an opportunity and a chance. And we believe in what we have and we've like put everything on the line to do it. For someone to be kind, it it's just it keeps it keeps it going is what it does. Right. I'm gonna take we wanna take a quick break. We're with Jennifer West of Bestie Blow Dryer Holder. Um inventor of it and we're gonna take a short break and we'll be right back we are back on the og middleman podcast we're with jennifer west of bestie blow dryer holder so jennifer when we when we left you spoke that you took us to con air you took us to helen of troy the competition brilliant unfortunate circumstances happened um with your contact there so here you are getting now knocked down where did you find the the confidence to continue? How did you um, keep going after getting rejected like that? Um, well, uh, well, I found a manufacturer. I, I told you I had found a manufacturer and um, and then my cousin was an Amazon seller. So he hooked me up with an Amazon seller that actually launched my product for me. Now, at this point, and how many units did you have, you know, in your possession? How many have you made at this point? At that point, I had zero. Oh, so I you you haven't even made you haven't even made one yet. Yeah, at this, you know, for because you asked like like what was the process, whatever that kept me going. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, in December of 2015, two weeks before Christmas, I landed 2,000 units at a warehouse in Texas, and my cousin's buddy did a product launch with Bestie on Amazon. By the way, shout out to Amazon, because none of this would have been possible without them. Um, and that seeing that first sale okay with the fact that somebody was willing to buy something that came out of my brain Mm -hmm. just blew me away Um, gave you it just re-energized you it did and also too i mean remember this this was a product that i developed for my grandmother and my grandmother had passed away shortly after Mm -hmm. um and so to me, it was kind of like, you know, that was my best friend, by the way, which is why the product is called Bestie. My well, grandmother was my best uh, friend. I was just going to say, what was your grandmother's name? Fran. Fran. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so you named it after your grandmother because she was your bestie. She was my absolute bestie. That's a great, and that's a great story. So, yeah, I mean, just the fact that somebody was willing to buy that, the fact that it was something that, you know, I felt closely connected to her by making this. Um, It was literally, um, I I just was like over the moon. I was so grateful. And so, yeah, and so sales on Amazon were good. And then we, you know, went into 2016 and then BuzzFeed, and again, shout out to BuzzFeed, just randomly picked up Bestie and included it on the 10 best gifts for the laziest people you know. I love that. I, that's brilliant. Oh, my gosh. And we blew the doors off Amazon. I mean, um, and at the time, I was still wholesaling to my cousin's friend out in Texas. I mean, it was just, it was going. It right. was going. It was working. And... Um, and I'm, I'm not a business owner. Um, I wasn't pretending to be. I was basically kind of flying along, just kind of letting my gut instinct guide me. Um, but I knew in my heart at the end of the day that my job would never provide me the kind of life that I wanted. Mm-hmm. I always knew I had to do something bigger, bigger and better. Right. And and I always thought that Bestie would be it. I always thought that, you know, I would 
find an excellent home for Bestie for, you know, with a company that made blow dryers and that Bestie would be in every Target and Rite Aid and CVS and Walgreens and Walmart and um, everywhere. And then, you know, I would suddenly have enough money to buy a house and a barn and all the horses I want, more dogs. You, you know, know? I, I know one of the buyers for um, like the chain at TJ Maxx. Um, she's, she's actually one of the buyers on the beauty side of it. And I had mentioned this to her. I was with, I was hanging out with her a couple weeks ago and I told her and she said, yeah, let's set up a meeting and let's see what you got. And I think you could probably get it in there through her. That would be great. I, I did a flash sale to TJ Maxx at the beginning of COVID. Mm-hmm. So the, um, so the product was already at TJ Maxx. Yeah, but it was just a flash sale. And right. It was, um, it was because it was the beginning of COVID and I needed to empty um, my garage. So, and I did it through a broker. So mm -hmm. I personally do not know anyone at TJ Maxx. So I would be seriously grateful. Do you know if I would all, love if you, to do take you, that meeting? 100%, I'll set it up for you. Um, do you um, know how, how many, did all the units sell at TJ Maxx? Do you know anything about it? Do I know how they sell? Yeah, I mean, do you know how many, did TJ Maxx sell the inventory that they ended up getting? Yeah, I think I sold them 1,600 units. And they, and they sold them all? Oh, I would imagine. I all mean, right. I, I go to, into TJ Maxx all the time, and, you know, I saw <clears> them <throat> on the shelf when I first did the sale, and then I have not seen one since. Well, we're going to jump the broker here. F the broker. I'm going to get you to the buyer there, and let's see, you know, if, uh, you know, let's send her a sample and let her use it. She's a girl. She'll probably use it. I think I think it's a brilliant idea. I think it's an incredible idea. Um, I, I you know I'm like it's my nature to want to make things better. I, I walk into yeah. I walk into businesses and I see things and I go oh I would do this and this and this and this. That's how I knew that I was never meant to work for somebody that I had to be independent or own my own business or do something entrepreneurial because my brain just goes there automatically. And, you know, one of the things, so I'm sitting here, right, on my microphone. And mm -hmm. my, micro, my microphone is attached to an articulating arm. And it's fastened to a table. It's, it's a high quality. The microphone I use and the, and the arm is high quality from a company called Rode, R-O-D-E. And uh -huh. as, as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, shit, man, this would be a great thing to attach the blow dryer to the Bestie too. So the Bestie could attach to this articulating arm so it doesn't have to go on a wall. It could actually go, uh, you can create another version of it that attaches to one of these um, arms and then it can attach to a dressing table and then the arm can move around. What do you think? Um, I'm having a hard time envisioning it. Are you talking about like the base? It, the, well, well, the base, the, the, base yeah, the, the base itself attaches to a table, right? Like I have it. And then there's, uh -huh. there's an arm that goes up and then there's a hinge with a fulcrum on it. So it's able to bend and spin any way I want. I can turn this 360 degrees up and down any way I want. Um, uh, I don't have to move. I just move this. So, mm. you know, I'll, I'll, uh, what I'll do is I'll take a video of it and how I'm using the microphone, and then you can see how it applies to, to Bestie. How does it fasten to the table, though? It's like a, like a, um, like a vice. It's like a, like a vice. It just slides oh, like on. Like a clamp? Like a clamp, exactly, like a clamp. Yep. Mm. Yep. Ooh, just, interesting. It just clamps on. Because, you know, I thought how many, you know, you got to attach this thing to the wall. So there's a little bit of work involved. You know, you got to have the right. Oh, it also comes with suction cups. Do they work well? They work pretty amazing. They're high grade silicone. That's a brilliant idea, too. Yeah. So you could just pop it on the mirror because a lot of people, you know, mine is on the wall. 
because I prefer that's where my blow dryer lives. Right. Um, and then you know I I just turn it on when I want to use it, position it into place, and you know it's all good. But what I found is that you know people don't always have wall space, so I included um, suction cups for the people that just want to pop it on the mirror. Brilliant. I, I, I think the story. I think the story of Bestie still has not been written. I, th I think there's still a lot of versions to go on this. Oh my goodness! Yes. So what was your <laughs> so what, many versions? What was what was your biggest challenge in? By the way, let me first compliment you on just. I don't want to overlook it, and I don't want to understate it, but you took an idea, okay, and brought the idea to market. I, we see things every day, you know, we see cool things every day, lamps and, and whatever, you know, lights and th different things. We see stuff and we don't think about who created that, who was the first person to come up with that idea. And, and someone thought of that idea and said, let's try to have it manufactured. Even, mm -hmm. Not a lot of people have, you know, the stick to to do that. I have, had, I have a million ideas and I've never taken the first step to go and try to bring it to market. You did it and up against a lot of challenges, you pushed through and you brought something to the market and I, I compliment you on that. But as I was asking, what was the biggest challenge that you had? Uh, the biggest challenge is probably the same challenge that I have over and over again. Capital? Which no, not capital. I'm I'm really good with financing. Um no, the problem I have is when, you know, no man is an island, you know, I can't do this alone. I right. have I have to have relationships with people. Um, in order to do things. And the, the biggest challenge for me has been finding um, legitimate working relationships. Mm -hmm. and, um, and there's a lot of good people out. I've, I've encountered some amazing people along the way that, mm -hmm. that I'm so grateful for. And, you know, and then I've encountered people that would just as soon rip me blind mm -hmm. and that sets me back a lot you know I had um, you know I was yeah I, I can't even talk about that that literally makes me want to cry um, yeah it's just you know people that don't come through don't deliver um, yeah, are are literally just out to scam you. It seems like no, like like they don't want to do the work themselves. They would much rather scam your work. There's the world, the world of of ownership um, and being in charge of something. It the world is littered with that story. Literally, as we, I was just talking to my wife about this the other day, and as it relates to her yoga studio. Um, plug Agora Power of Yoga um, and uh, she um, you know, she was talking about the challenges of being an owner and how some people don't understand um, the, you know the back end of it and um, me I, you know I own several businesses and managed up to a hundred people uh, hired and managed a hundred people it's a, there's a lot of work involved in, in building relationships you know you've got the relationship with the people that are doing the work for you your clients the customers and you're like the top of the pyramid who has to oversee everything and make sure that your vision is being brought forth in the way that you think it should. And people don't give a shit. You're right. They just, you know, they'll just want to make a buck and move on. And um, yeah, yeah, I, I can see that as being a big challenge. Yeah, it's hard, you know, and it and it sets me back <clears throat> because it's like I'm one person. And, you know, it has set me back financially. It set me back, you know, physically. It's just, ugh. And then, and then the emotional aspect is just like, because remember, I still have a job. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, I still have a job. 
I still have a life. I have a dog I have to take care of. You know, I have all these other things. And then to have some, you know, random Yahoo try to, like, throw me off my game and actually succeed, you know, a couple times here and there. It's just, it's hard. But you know what? <sighs> you know. Keep at it. Don't you got to, you got to hang yeah. in there. You just got to keep fighting. So if somebody wants yeah. a, if somebody wants to buy a bestie, where would they go right now? Where's the best place to find the bestie? Still on Amazon? Oh, absolutely. Amazon is my number one avenue of sales. But um, how are your reviews? Have... How are your reviews on Amazon? Are they good? Yes, they. Uh, it's got over a four star rating, uh-huh. or right around a four star rating. And if and if people want to say, well, why isn't there a five star rating? Because there are haters out there. There's <laughs> nobody. I listen. I'm an Amazon, you know, nut job. And the first thing I do is I look at, you know, how many reviews there are. The first thing I look is how many total reviews there are, because that tells me that the product is out there and been tested a lot. So yeah, I think I have 500 reviews. Yeah, it's perfect. So if, if 500 people go on there and you got a four star review, you've done very well. You've done very well. You're in the 80. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're in the 80 percentile. So that's oh, okay. that's you know, that's good. For sure. Because I, I still cry when I read the bad <clears throat> ones. Like, I'm just like, wait, did you even read the directions? <laughs> like, exactly. So, so, some, it, some people are just not going to, it's not going to, what, what, the good thing is that Amazon's return policy is so perfect that there's never an issue. So, right. so that just makes the customer service side of it that much better. Not everybody's going to like something. It's just human nature. And people aren't yeah. people are going to want to send it back. So it's all great. Send it back. You know, you account for that in your pricing. You know, spoilage and returns and all that kind of stuff. That's all part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so. But yeah, but the good reviews are super nice, mm-hmm. and um, the best, and and they're very consistent. A lot of them are game changer, lifesaver, mm-hmm. and I'm like yes because that's what I was aiming for. Game changer. That's Game the word. changer. My goal, by the way, is to revolutionize how women get ready. I'm going. I love it. That's. I got to tell you something. My wife has a lot of hair. She has so much hair. I've never seen a woman go through so many bottles of shampoo in my life. <laughs> she buys these giant bottles of shampoo and, and conditioner, and I'm telling you, she goes through one a week because she has to use. She has so much hair, and. It, Ninety percent of her getting ready is blow drying her hair. Yeah, and, and I can't even imagine what life is like for women who have to sit there every. Listen, I don't even take a shower every day. Sometimes, you know, I'm just like I'm too busy. I'm like I don't have to do anything because I have no hair. But if you're a woman with that kind of hair, you gotta wash it, and you right. and you and that's like an hour of your day drying your friggin' hair. Right. And not only that, I mean, as a hairstylist, mm-hmm. I feel qualified to say this. Women's hair is their number one most overlooked asset. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because if you think about it, if you ace the hair, if your hair looks fantastic, you could go out in sweatpants wearing no makeup and you still feel like a thousand bucks. Jennifer, we have a friend shall be nameless, who, a very tr- attractive woman, uh, smart, uh, successful, lives in a great neighborhood, but her hair is a disaster. And even the first time that I met her, I was like, I was to my wife like, what the hell is going on with her hair? What is up with that? And she goes, I know, I know. You know, and trying to help her with it, but some people are just stuck. That this yeah. is the style that I've had my whole life, and yeah. you know, and this is the way I prepare it, and I'm never going to change. But you're right. right. Yeah, and and a lot of them, you know, just don't have the tools or the skills to do it, even if they wanted to. This hair is hard. Hair in itself is hard. Mm-hmm. Well, they have a great tool now in the bestie blow dryer holder. 
sure um, thing. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, really, really, really interesting. Um, I'm going to help you with this. Uh, I'm going to help you. I'm going to make an introduction. Uh, Thanks, Ron. Yeah, when I get off, when I get off this, uh, I'm going to go home and have dinner, and then uh, I'm going to reach out to her, and uh, I'll share. Um, I'll ask her, say, can I give her phone number to you, and then you can call her directly, and because you, you've already pitched this thing a million times, and um, she'll tell you what she does and her connections, and then you can tell her what you can do for her, and I predict that you'll have this thing in uh, her stores in no time. Cool. Fingers crossed. Yeah, that would be awesome. Thank you for your time, Jennifer. We'll do another thing. And I saw on your Facebook profile that you're you're a, you got a script or something that you're in, you're doing, right? Yes, I have a little horror script. I want to I want I want to talk about that too another time though. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, that's fun. You're gonna love that. I can't wait to hear it. I can't wait to hear about that. All right. Thank you for being on. All right. Thanks, Ron. All right. Bye, Jen. Bye.